be in Little Auburndale and to be able to have the opportunity to coach him, huh, what, that's just a dream come true for me. That no-hitter from Jordan Zimmerman is something special. In part two of recapping Jordan Zimmerman's roots here in central Wisconsin, Maddenfield talks with his former head coach over at Auburndale, Mark Gross, who really goes through how special it was to watch Zimmerman play in the MLB, but also to watch him grow as a player down at Auburndale. What were your thoughts and reactions when you heard uh, about Jordan's retirement? Well, you know, watching him pitch over the years has been probably one of my greatest prides. It's it's just been an amazing run for him. Um, I also, you know, I'm in contact with Jordan different times, and I know he struggled with health, and, you know, pitching is, is all about health. And, uh, you know, he's kind of gotten to that point in age where you're going to have run into some of those arm issues, and, he had the, the Tommy John uh, surgery, uh, I don't know how many years ago, five, six years ago. And, you know, usually they say you get a good four, five, six years uh, out of a Tommy John uh, surgery. And, uh, but that's basically been one of the issues he's had is the health. Yeah, for sure. Have you talked with him since he announced? Um, I've texted back and forth. Uh, right now, you know, when he did uh, retire, it's just such a busy time for him and so many people just, I was imagining all the people that were probably lighting up his phone communicating. So we did text back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Do you get the sense that he's at peace with it? Yeah, I think so. You know, and I watch his interviews. Um, I think, I think he really wanted to have one last shot, uh, you know, to be in the clubhouse and to be with teammates and to get, I don't know, anybody who's participate, participate in baseball knows what it's like to be on the bump and the thrill of it. And I think he wanted one more chance uh, to do that. What are some of your earliest memories of watching Jordan, maybe even before he got to high school? Well, I'll tell you this. I had him in homeroom in fifth grade and I remember watching him in, out at recess and, and I knew just watching him throwing a football around playing a basketball, playing basketball and, and, you know, baseball, he, he was something special. Um, I started watching him early. I'd, I'd see him throw a football, you know, 50 yards on a playground. It's like, wow, that's amazing. And uh, so as a coach, knowing he was coming along, um, I tried to spend some time with him when he's in junior high and worked him as a, with, a, with him as a pitcher. Um, and he just, he had that something special that you could tell already at a really young age. When did he start playing? I assume knowing how good he turned out to be at a smaller school like Auburndale, I assume that he pitched all four years at varsity. Did he make, was he getting varsity reps before that even or what? Well, the funny thing is, is he was an outstanding catcher. I mean, really, really good. So he started with me as a freshman at catcher and the only innings he threw other, you know, through it all were like in JV games. And the reason was, you know, we needed him behind the plate. Um, he was so good. I mean, there was nobody that could steal on him already as a freshman. And I remember in our community, I started him right away as a freshman and people in the community were saying, Hey, what's, that's not right. You can't, you can't throw a freshman out there in front of, you know, some of these juniors and seniors who've, who've earned their playing time. And, you know, my answer was, yeah, you can, because he was, he was so amazingly special already. Uh, by the time he got to his sophomore, we already had him out pitching. 
in varsity games, um, and he was pretty darn good already then. Uh, by the time he was a junior, he was mostly unhittable in our conference, and then a senior, he was just dominating. Um, you know, I'm, if I run too far in this, just let me know. But one of the things that that was a drawback for him in high school was he was a three-sport star. And in Auburndale, you need kids to play all the sports. And, and he was amazing in football, amazing in basketball, and amazing in baseball. But the fact that he was amazing in all those sports held him back in baseball a little bit just for the pure fact that our basketball program, we went to state all the time. And so I never really got a hold of him in baseball until he was out of the state tournament, which was the very, very end in Madison. And all of a sudden he'd show up and we'd start building up arm strength. And, you know, by the time season got halfway through, he was, you know, pretty strong. By the time the season was really done, he was kicking it into gear. And then he really, and by the time Legion hit, he was amazing again. But it, if, if he could have been, you know, probably in, in a bigger school and been maybe a, a you know, just a baseball player, um, he'd have probably been ready even earlier. Um, but I know when he was in, when he finally graduated and he was going to go to point, I mean, his first plan was, you know, they wanted him in all three sports. But then, you know, we talked about it and we said, you know, what, what are we really, where, where are you looking at here? And he was looking, his love was baseball. He loved all the sports. Baseball was higher than the rest. And uh, when, once he went just with that one avenue, things just blossomed for him. So, obviously, stats from around here from nearly 20 years ago are a little bit scarce and hard to come by. All we have are the anecdotes and the stories from people who watched him up close and personal. Put it into words how dominant of a high school pitcher he was. Well, in my mind, I saw he was a man playing with boys. I mean, he was that good. Um, when we put him on the mound, flat out, we were going to win games. Uh, he was, he had a, a tremendous fastball, um, a really good curveball. The one thing that kind of really was always a struggle was I tried to get him to throw a changeup and he didn't want to because he didn't need to, you know? Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe throwing a changeup in high school would have been a little kryptonite to him because that would have been something kids could have caught up on. But for me as a coach, it was just an amazing feeling knowing you can roll a kid out there and he's going to be that good. Was there a singular wow moment where you realized that he had a chance to not only pitch collegiately at point, but to go to the professional level, a place where not many people from Auburndale, Wisconsin go? Well, I, I, you know, I, I'd have to say I had so many moments like that uh, because there were times and I, I never, I never overpitched him because I was always leery about hurting him or any other kid. So we were always watching pitch counts. But if I threw him on a Monday, you know, he would get seven innings. Uh, and then, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, probably Thursday, maybe Friday, he might come back and have to finish off a game. And a lot of games he finished off like the seventh inning for us and just locked it up. Um, he was just so shut down. We would go to all conference meetings and, you know, they start voting for all conference and he got his last two years. He was player of the year in the conference and coaches have said, well, it's, you know, this is done. This is Jordan Zimmerman. I'm voting for Jordan because he was that dominant. I mean, we had some really good players in our conference, obviously. 
but he was he was the top. Before he came along and did what he did, was the thought of a Major League Baseball player coming from Auburndale, Wisconsin, real and fathomable to you? Well, one of the things when he graduated, I, I felt like he had a, a, a much higher ceiling than what he, he made. Um, he played Legion ball. I pushed him out of our Legion program to go play in Marshfield. And I knew he could get better competition there. I mean, he was playing against Division One players. And, you know, I, I would say his his after his junior year, he was hitting in that 86, 87 range. And then the end of his senior year, he was in that 88, 89 range. And, and that was pretty special. Um, one thing I've told people over the course of time, I wrote letters uh, to all the major league teams. And when I got the, a lot of the responses back, well, there were a lot of teams that never responded. But a lot of the teams that did was, well, you know, we'll keep an eye. He's really too small to pitch. We're looking for somebody in that, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, range. You know, he at, and when he was a senior, he weighed about 175 pounds. And, you know, when he was really at his, his peak, he was about 225 pounds. But at point, I mean, they really developed his core. Um, and, you know, he just got bigger and stronger and more powerful. And by, by the time he was in point, you know, he was consistently 93 to 95. And he even went above that. How obviously he didn't just have a regular run of the bill major league, major league career, especially at the Nationals. He was one of the best pitchers in the National League for a couple of years. He had two top seven Cy Young finishes in a row. He threw a no hitter on the last day of the 2014 season. Just for you as a coach, and you kind of hit on it already. How special was that for you to watch? Oh, it was unbelievable. You know, I was I was just kind of thinking today, uh, knowing with this interview coming up. I was thinking about a couple of moments that he had, but in the NLDS in 2012, when they were playing the Cardinals, uh, he came in late and I think it was game four and he was throwing 98 miles an hour. And it was like, wow. Cause even that I was thinking, is that that possible? And he, you know, he was, I'm sure he had a lot of adrenaline rushing, but in that inning, it was like the eighth inning and he had three strikeouts that inning. Um, I think of the 2014, uh, NLDS when they were playing the Giants and uh, he went I think eight and two-thirds innings and he left the game up a run that, that game went I think 18 innings that was oh my god it was so amazing you know to watch that happen and then when he threw his no hitter that year wow I mean how, how many first of all I was so lucky to be able to coach him in high school because um, I don't think that happens especially in Wisconsin because you know a lot of your premier pitchers come from Florida where they're throwing and playing year round, but to be in little Auburndale and to be able to have the opportunity to coach him, huh? What that's just a dream come true for me. Um, but then just to have somebody throwing no hitter, you know, just incredible. Obviously the Tigers years because of injuries largely were not great for him. How cool was it for you to see him bring it back full circle, even if it was just for spring training and a couple of regular season appearances with the Brewers, the home state team, to wrap up his career? Yeah. You know, I think early in his career, he was real hesitant about ever, you know, playing in Milwaukee or even being on Milwaukee just because, you know, this is his home state. But I think, um, you know, trying to give it this last go and to have friends and family be able to watch him and kind of, you know, see what was going on, that was pretty cool. 
um, I don't know, you know, he's such a sense of pride for everybody in Auburndale and everybody respects him and, and he's been wonderful for our community, but I think it was pretty special for him to be able to do that. How has he changed the Auburndale baseball program? I know you're not coaching anymore, but you were the head of that program for a long time. There are two areas that I want to hit on. One, as far as setting the bar and setting the standard for what's possible for players coming out of there. Hit on that, if you will. Well, you know, I always use Jordan as an example of how someone from a small school can really do amazing things. Um, and he was a perfect role model, an example of that. Um, but I, I guess one of the one thing I always think about is when I came back into coaching in 2013, you know, he and I had been in communication off and on, you know, throughout his career. Um, Cause I think we're pretty good friends. And, um, but I, I, when I got back into coaching, I said, Hey, I, I'm going to need some help uh, because, you know, schools don't put a lot of money into the programs. And he was there at every turn. Um, baseball. I can't even tell you how many times uh, we came out of, you know, into the season with brand new baseball bats and, and equipment and L screens and pitching machines. And it was basically, you know, whatever I needed, he helped me out with. And, and I like to think, you know, now that he's finished, he's, he's living in Arpen and um, I know he wants to be part of it. He's never been a guy that's, he doesn't, I don't think he wants to come back and, and be the head coach at all. Cause he said to me, he goes, Hey, he goes, don't hang this up. He says, I'll come back and I'll be your assistant. And it's like, well, I don't know if that'd be the best thing, <laughs> you know? Um, Cause you know, he has the knowledge to be that guy, but I, I know he'd be the guy that would want to step in and work players. But he also, he's always been a guy that he likes to sit back and he's, he's not, he doesn't have to be the front guy. He could be a guy sitting on a bucket chewing sunflower seeds and, and coaching kids up. And I, and I think that's where he'll end up being. That's what it's funny. Nat Richter at UWSP who played with him said basically the exact same thing that he doesn't think that he'll be a head coach, but he'll stop by practices. He'll talk with guys. He'll work out with them and he'll be there when he wants to be there and be a help. But, yeah, he doesn't have to be that guy that jumps into head coaching. That also said that uh, he's going to be doing a lot of hunting and fishing in the near future as well, which uh, sounds very much like him. <laughs> for sure. Um, for the last, I'm going to say, well, at least since 2013, he'll, he'd call me up uh, probably starting in about, you know, maybe it was times late December, early January, we'd start throwing. Well, I'm 50 going to be 54 this year. My arm is not what it used to be. My eyes are not what they used to be. Uh, but we'd throw in the gym and kid, kids would come in and they didn't even recognize it was Jordan because he's so soft spoken. He just kind of sits back and, and does his thing. And, um, but every once in a while, kids say, yeah, that's, that's Jordan Zerman. That's Jordan Zerman. And it's like, and then there'd be kind of a buzz, but he's, he's never really been about that either because he doesn't want all that notoriety in his town. Um, one thing that's kind of funny is, you know, he'd scare me a little bit because we throw a kitty corner across the gym and my eyes aren't that good. And, and that ball, that ball would be cutting across his, the gym and I'd hear, and it'd be coming and it's like, I'd get that glove up, make sure I get it. Cause <laughs> you don't want to get one like that between the lookers. Mark, the last thing that I wanted to hit on and. I've actually, I've never had the chance to talk with Jordan. So this is just me observing things and hearing about him from guys like you and that and people that know him well. But it seems like he never lost throughout his entire big league career and all the success, 
and all the money he made, he never lost his roots of being a small-town Wisconsin kid. Is that accurate? That is 100% the way he is. Um, well, you know, you think about Auburndale is a small community. Built in, He built a nice house out in Arpen, and um, he just kind of wants to fit in. You know, he's, like you said, you mentioned, um, you know, the hunting and the fishing. He has a little pond on his property. He's got bluegills in it. Um, he did buy some land down in Illinois. He goes down there and he hunts with his friends. Um, but he's, I think he's just a guy that's just content, you know, being, how I'm going to say this, an Auburn Apache, because that's what I've always thought of as being. But, he, you know, he, he's going to want to come back. He's going to want to go to games. Um, but he's just a simple guy. I mean, you look at um, the cars he drives. He's got a nice truck, but it's nothing extravagant that you or I might wouldn't have. You know, just simple, down-to-earth person. He's an amazing guy. That's all she wrote for this episode and for Jordan Zimmerman's career. Congrats to Jordan Zimmerman on an incredible run in the MLB. It was fun for me, not even being from central Wisconsin, to watch Jordan Zimmerman rip apart hitters in the big leagues like he did when he was with the Nationals and the Tigers. That's all for this episode. If you have any episode ideas, feel free to email sports at WSAW.com. But until next time, take care.